0: You're listening to the Life Church Livonia podcast, a show where you can hear the teachings from our weekend gatherings. You can catch the full service on our Facebook or YouTube and head over to our website if you'd like to give. Here we're real people following a real God and experiencing real life. Welcome to Life Church Livonia. Hey, good morning, Life Church. I am so glad to be with you. Today we're starting a new series called A New Way to Be Human. And God created us. He created you and I to be made in his image and to flourish. The problem is uh, we often go our own way. And that has been the story of humankind for thousands of years where we want to be in charge of our own lives. But God said, when you bring yourself under the sphere of my leadership, when you are reconciled to me and have a new relationship with me. I remake you into a new person, a new creation. And in this series we're looking at on the Sermon on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus teaching on what it means to live into that new humanity in his kingdom. And so today we're starting with the idea of the kingdom. I'm calling it Kingdom Come. And whether you've heard of the kingdom of God or not, It's important for you and I to understand because you were made to live in the kingdom. Your purpose is fulfilled in the kingdom. Truth, beauty, and goodness are what resonate and throughout the kingdom. And your flourishing and the world's flourishing happen when we're rightly living a kingdom life. Jesus prayed a very uh, famous prayer. The kingdom of God was central to his teaching and mission. And Jesus prayed this Thy kingdom come, he told us to pray this. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven in Matthew 6. And we're going to look at that in a few weeks. And he said, The kingdom is central to my mission and my teaching. And he said, I want you to pray this. I want you to pray that my kingdom would come and expand from heaven to earth and that my will would be done. And we're going to look at this over the next several weeks. Jesus. Uh, said in Mark uh, 1, 15 through 19, and you can look that up on the, it's going to be on the screen, and you can look that up in your Bible. He said, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near or at hand or present or available right now. Repent and believe the good news. So dozens and dozens of times throughout the gospels, Jesus is talking about the kingdom. The the kingdom is mentioned over a hundred times in the Gospels, but it's a hard concept for us to understand. Jesus didn't give us a bullet point summary of what the kingdom was. Instead, he told stories and he used metaphors in order to expand our understanding of the kingdom. Jesus said it like this, the kingdom of heaven is like a banquet or a great wedding feast, and the door will be Open, but it will be closed to some if they choose not to come in. Or the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field and you would be wise to rethink your whole life and to give up everything and to sell everything in order to buy this treasure of the kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a big fishing net and it pulls in all sorts of fish and then the good and the bad fish have to be separated. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who hired laborers to work the fields and he hires them at different times of the day and yet at the in the end they get this uh they get a a similar paycheck and that's kind of a funny thing to say right or the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed which is the smallest of seeds and but when it's planted it it breaks out and and becomes the greatest of trees or the kingdom of heaven is like yeast like in dough and it slowly silently permeates and um, impacts everything that it touches. But Jesus said some other strange things about the kingdom. Um, Surprising comments, really. He said, the kingdom of heaven is hard for the rich to enter. And most of us, according to biblical standards, are rich. Or the kingdom of heaven must be received like a little child. In the Sermon on the Mount, again, which we're going to begin studying next week, Matthew 5 through 7, Jesus said another famous saying, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you, Matthew 6, 33. And he said, When you seek the kingdom first, I will make sure your basic needs are provided for. I'm a good king. And then at the end, Jesus says this very surprising thing at the end of the Sermon on the Mount Not everyone who says Lord, Lord, or King, King will enter the kingdom of heaven. How can that be? How can we uh, not say Jesus, Lord, your Lord, but not be in his kingdom? Those are challenging and things that make us think. So how are we to understand this unique set of teachings? Well, let's talk about what kingdom means for a minute. Now, for us, in our 2,000 years removed from Jesus, we don't use the word kingdom much. We're a democracy. Uh, We don't have kings and queens. So let's talk about what a kingdom is. A kingdom, everybody has a kingdom in a biblical sense. So say to the person next to you, high five them, You have a kingdom, you're a king or a queen. Just say it, just say you're a king or you're a queen, you have a kingdom. Your kingdom is your little sphere of influence where everything you say goes. I like the way Dallas Willard said, he says, your kingdom is the range of your effective will. I have a will, you have a will, and we get to choose about stuff. God created us to have choice or volitional will. And whatever it is where things go the way we want them to go and we can control that in some way, shape or form is our kingdom. For example, and this is why we don't like people telling us what to do. You're not the boss of me. (laughs) We don't want people to inflict their will on us. So let me give you an example. Your wallet or your purse right now is your kingdom. So imagine during the offering later on, you know, this guy next to you who you don't know says, I hope people are really generous during the offering today. And you say, yeah, me too. And then they reach into your back pocket or they reach into your purse and pull out your cash, or your credit card. And you're like, and he's going, I, I want to make sure I feel real generous with your money. And, and what are you going to do when that person reaches over for your wallet or your purse? You're going to say, what are you doing? Stop that. That's fill in the blank. What is it? Say it. Say it. Mine. That's a kingdom word. Mine is a kingdom word, and we learn this at a young age, right? I have two little grandkids right now, and they're perfect examples of this. So my two and a half year old Lily um, has learned an important word. And if if you know a two year old, uh, what's their favorite word? No, (laughs) right? What's their second favorite word? Mine. (laughs) They're learning they have a kingdom and that they have a will and they can exercise their will, right? So do you want to eat your broccoli now? No. Um, uh, who, uh, Hey, can I have my, my, uh, my, uh, toy back? No, mine. Right. Uh, I don't think this happens as much, but when I was a kid growing up, little kids in the back seat of the car of, of a car driving with your family. That used to be a kingdom, too. Right. And, and we draw a line between ourselves and our sister or brother. And you better not cross that line because this is my kingdom. And of course, the kids are fighting. And what's dad doing? My dad. I remember my dad just you breaking out in a sweat one time. Um, And he says, you know, he says some choice words. and And we're driving on the road like in one of these old Impala wagons, right? Just flying, right? Driving, you know, 70, 80 miles an hour. You want me to come back there, right? And what does the dad do? He's reaching back there. He sends Mr. Hand back there to go impose his kingdom, his will. And what do the kids do? They all retreat to the corners so that they can't get reached by the parent who's trying to get them to stop fighting. I love what Ken Davis wrote. He's a comedian and a a Christian who wrote this. He said, but here's one way to get the kids out of the unreachable zone. He says, you just have a nice little tap on the brakes and it brings them right into play. My kingdom. (laughs) That's how dads get it back. Anyway, my kingdom is the range of my effective will. It's where things go the way I want them to go. And this is really important. God made us to uh, in his image, and he gave us this volitional will. And this idea of our, us having, exercising some control or will or uh, rule or reign is part of how God made us. And that's why our bodies are so important. And it's so fascinating when we think about our bodies and how grateful we are. We have a mind and we have a will And then our our bodies can act that out. So I mentioned I have two grandkids. Marcy and I have another grandchild named Nora, and it's been so fun to watch her. She's four months old, and she's learning she has a kingdom. So she does this stuff with her hands, right? And and she grabs something and puts it in her mouth. Why? Right? And she's learning, oh, I can move my hand, and I can grab something. And soon she's going to be able to say to her foot, let's walk, and I'll walk. Or her mouth, speak, and let's speak. What's happening? She's learning that she has an ability to control things around her and exercise her will. And it's miraculous, and it's beautiful, and it's part of how God made us. And this is part of why having a kingdom is a, a good thing. I'm tying this back to last week, and if you want to watch last week, I'd encourage you to watch that if you haven't seen it when we talked about bless. Uh, and God made you and I to be part of his kingdom. It's what we were made for. In Genesis one twenty six, God says, let us make... Human beings in our image according to our likeness, God said, and let them have dominion or rule or reign. And that's kingdom language. And that's all the way back in Genesis. Before the fall, before sin enters in. And this is really important because when you think about the kingdom, God always made us to partner with Him in His work as servants. So, yes, you're a king or a queen, but in the And made in the image of God. But in God's kingdom, in the image of God, a king or queen is to be a servant. That's why Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And you and I are part of God's project from the very beginning to help this world flourish and thrive. And being a person made in the image of God um, uh, is, is, again, to be royalty, to be so highly valued. But our kingdoms got all messed up because of sin. Sin broke all our little kingdoms and they became these little things. And here's, if we had God's kingdom as this umbrella here, our kingdoms are all scattered about and we're doing our own thing. And we're, we're taking over other people's kingdoms. Uh, And, and, And so on earth, we have all these little kingdoms. So you have individuals and then you have families and that's a little kingdom or a neighborhood and you have a city or you have a school or you have a church, you have a whole nation, you have international corporations. See, those are kingdoms. Kingdoms are systems of personal power and control. And there's economic and political and cultural systems. Those are kingdoms. Kingdoms, um, and we could call those the kingdoms of earth. And so I'm gonna draw this uh, I want to do a little contrast. So, we are we're going to we're going to do this. <clears throat> and I'm not going to write it all out cuz you know how poorly I write, but I'm going to put down here K O E. And that's the kingdoms of earth. Okay? And I'm going to put up here K O H. And that's going to be the kingdom of heaven. And we're going to talk about the interface between these two entities. So we talked about this. This is the kingdom of earth. So what's the kingdom of God? And I want to mention this here, our kingdom of heaven. Uh, So I should put a slash G. Um, Scripture talks about the kingdom of God. This is the place where God's will is perfectly done. What he wants and what happens are in total alignment. It's God is, has absolute sovereign control over everything in the kingdom of heaven. It's where right. And I'll talk about what those elements are. And we call it the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. They're the same thing. But in Matthew, the Jewish, Matthew's writing to the Jewish people. And so the Jewish people would often not use the name of God because they didn't want to take God's name in vain. They, they took it very, very seriously. So instead of even using God, they would use the kingdom of heaven, or they wouldn't say when, when they were talking to Jesus, they said, are you the son of God? They said, are you the son of the blessed one? And so you realize they use all these beautiful terms that describe things around God, but not necessarily don't use God's name so it doesn't get taken in vain. So the kingdom of God here is the range of God's effective will. And I want to read you a scripture from the Apostle Paul. Paul talked all about the kingdom of God as well. In fact, the very last verse of the book of Acts talks about Paul proclaiming the kingdom of God. Paul says to the church at Rome, and this is so relevant for today. Rome, Romans fourteen. It's they're fighting over eating the wrong things. So there's meat sacrifice titles. And some people say idols are not real. We can buy that meat. And other people are going, no, you're you're bringing in spiritual forces. And they were fighting over days of the week. So a Jewish Christian said, no, Saturday, the Sabbath, is the holy day, and other and the new Christians, the Gentiles are saying, no, Sunday, the day Jesus rose from the dead, is the Sabbath, and they're fighting about that. And you can thank the the merge of those two things for a thing called the weekend. You got the weekend from the Sabbath, and the Lord's Day being combined, the last day of the week and the first day of the week. But anyway, the point is they're fighting over these lesser things. So we are fighting over vaccines and masks and blue dots and red dots and, and all these things that are people are finding ways to just be at each other's throat. And Paul says this really, really powerful thing. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of legalistic eating and drinking. He's saying you, you're, you, you're fighting about this stuff that you think is important and you're missing the, the main thing. He says, but the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He says, but for the kingdom of God is not a matter of legalistic eating and drinking, but of righteousness that is true inner goodness, true inner goodness, transformation from the inside out, peace and joy. Now imagine that with me for a minute, will you? Imagine this world where things are right, not wrong. Where, and that rightness comes from the inside of us where things that are, are, are broken are made whole and where things that are evil are made good and where goodness and your peace internally reigns, your peace with other people reigns. And where there's joy, this not just happiness, but this deep well of, of satisfaction and shalom or flourishing. In the spirit of God. That's the kingdom of God. That's what you were made for. And so Jesus tells this story, understanding this. Uh, he said in Matthew thirteen forty four, to what shall I compare the, what? Kingdom of God. It's like somebody who finds a treasure buried in a field and he buries it again and goes and sells everything he has because this is so good. So Jesus' point here is if you were ever to see the, tr- the reality of the kingdom of God, a life of righteousness and joy and peace where there's no ego. So next week, um, we're gonna be hearing the, the Beatitudes, which are these blessed ours. So wh- what if you were in a place where um, uh, people weren't arrogant or proud or didn't look down on you? What if you were in a community where people made peace instead of made war and sought to uh, understand you rather than making you understand them or sought what's right rather than what's wrong or were hungry for truth rather than uh, just spreading rumors, lies, and slander? What if you were respected rather than disrespected? Not because it's against the rules, but because it comes from a righteousness that's inside of us, as Paul said in that verse, where the righteousness that is true inner goodness, not because of a bunch of rules. That's the kingdom of God. And Jesus said this, Behold, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand, it's here, it's available now that the kingdom of God, this power and presence of Jesus and his leadership are available now to ordinary people. And he says, you, got, you should grab a hold of it. But then there's the kingdom of earth, right? And this is a really important element here, the kingdom of earth. And here's my question, how's that going these days? It says God reigns over all things, but for this season, um, people are left to choose what they will, and God gives freedom, and that Satan prowls like a roaring lion, and that he has power during this time until the kingdom comes in all its fullness. So we have the kingdom is already and not yet. And this is a theological principle. So we're we can live in the kingdom now as Jesus' followers. But eventually, Jesus will establish his kingdom over all the earth. And when that happens, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But as we think about the kingdom of earth, where people are left to their own devices, how's that going these days? What's going on with the kingdom of earth? Think about all of the mess of the last two years. We know that um, as people have had to deal with COVID and everything else, domestic violence has gone up. Uh, use of alcohol and drugs has gone up. People are fighting. We, I know so many people who don't even wanna go on social media because it's so toxic. People are unfriending people. They're, they're slandering each other, calling people names. There's, uh, I don't trust you, you don't trust me. There's so much political division. There's racism, there's addiction, there's starvation. Tens of thousands, we have more than enough food to feed every person in the world every day. And yet tens of thousands of people, babies are still dying in third world country. Uh, Wars, just think about this. Uh, We pull out of Afghanistan and now there's the Taliban and there's all kinds of war and, and oppression and fighting. And it just doesn't ever seem to stop, does it? And racial injustice that is deeply embedded in, in our culture. And we're trying to do the right thing. I know some people want to do the right thing. We're just like, how do we deal with this? And there's greed and there's corruption. And think about uh, uh, corporations where uh, profits go up, and, uh, and, and uh, but uh, there's, there's corruption. People are uh, embezzling. Or you just hear about this every day. Or there's a shooting or another shooting. And you, you're just used to it, aren't we? How are things going down here? Not real well, are they? But Jesus has a plan. And this is really, really important. Jesus has a plan. And uh, and it's tragically misunderstood or missed, but it's all over the place in the New Testament. And the Lord's Prayer, which I read at the beginning, is gonna express that. But I wanna tell you a story first. This is a, 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 hilarious, a hilarious story about the Lord's Prayer. And so in the in the 1980s, uh, the Chicago Bears had a, a championship team. And they, it was really, a, it was a great team. And they were, Walter Payton was on that team. Um, and Jim McMahon and Refrigerator Perry. Mike Ditka was a coach. And <clears throat> they were having a chapel service. And, um, and Mike Ditka said, hey, when I get done, fridge. And Refrigerator Perry was a super awesome player. He was a lineman. But he had caught touchdowns. He just done some amazing things, and this guy was massive, right? And so uh, Jim McMahon is a quarterback, and Mike Dick says, "Hey, Fridge, when we're done, I want you to pray the Lord's Prayer." And Refrigerator Perry nods his head yes and goes, "Okay." And he and and uh, Jim McMahon and others said he just started sweating bullets. So the chaplain is over here, and Jim McMahon, the quarterback, says to the chaplain, he goes. The fridge praying the Lord's Prayer, that's going to be rich. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll bet you 20 bucks the fridge doesn't know the Lord's Prayer. And the chaplain said, he's sitting there, he goes, well, I guess we're betting during chapel, I don't know, but okay, I'll, I'll bet you. And so Mike Dickett gets prayed and he goes, okay, fridge, pray. And, and the fridge bows his head and everybody bows with him. And he says, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. <laughs> that's not the funny part. Jim McMahon turns to the chaplain and says, "Gosh, I never would have thought the fridge knew the Lord's prayer." And pays the chaplain twenty bucks. By the way, that's not the Lord's prayer. <laughs> so uh, you have all—we've all heard the words, whether we know them or not. It starts, "Our Father who art in heaven." This is in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount. Now, the idea is not that heaven is somewhere far away. Heaven is as close as your next breath. This is really, really important. We often think of heaven as radically removed for us. Biblically, heaven is like the air all around you. Heaven and earth are frequently overlapping and interlocking. And uh, uh, we can talk more about that. But hallowed be your name. And in the ancient world, your name was your character and the reality of who you were as a person. So if I used your name, I was speaking about your whole person. And that means may people come to know and cherish how good you are, God. Hallowed be your name. Cherished be your name. Uh, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus has a plan. And it's all over the New Testament. And it's it's right here in that phrase we can just hold on to that phrase and jesus said this is the prayer i want you to pray if you're my follower i want you to pray your kingdom your kingdom up here come down here and on earth may it be done as it's in heaven your kingdom come your kingdom come down may it be down here as it is up here when i came to faith we had a different prayer Um, and I just grew up around a group of people who thought, Hey, in fact, one of the phrases used to be, it's all going to burn. So everything's going to be destroyed. So you, we can just treat the world however. And our prayer came from uh kind of another, an old TV show called Star Trek, the original series, by the way, and anybody who, uh, want to know now. So if you know that series, What when Captain Kirk or other crew members, they'd be on a planet, right? And there'd be trouble and there'd be danger and things would be risky and people be chasing them. And they had a prayer. They would pray what? Beam me up. Who? Scotty. That's right, Kevin. Good job. Beam me up, Scotty. And that's kind of how the church used to, uh, the group I was around used to focus. They'd go, Hey man, things down here are bad. Let's not go out in the world and and mess around too much. Let's just stay around the church. Let's read our Bibles and let's just pray, God, get us out of here. Oh God, get us out of here. Things are going to hell in a handbasket down here. I'm just quoting someone. So beam me up, Jesus. That's not how Jesus taught us to pray. He didn't say, pray, oh God, oh God, get me out of here. Jesus said, this is what you pray. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I like the way uh, pastor and writer, John Ortberg says it. He said, God make up there, come down here, make up there, come down here. May, may, Lord, may up there, the way things are in heaven, where your will is perfectly obeyed, come down here and come down here into my body. May your will and your um, desires be done in my body, in my mind, in my family. Lord, it's lonely or I want I want to eat too much or drink too much or st- I watch stuff I shouldn't watch or I, I'm depressed or anxious. Lord, make up there, come down here so I can... Move past these things, Lord. In my school, where I feel like people uh, are treat me poorly, or I don't have friends, make and where people are mean to each other, make up there, come down here. Or in my neighborhood, I don't even know my neighbors, Lord. You know everybody. Make up there, come down here. Or in homes where husbands and wives can't even stand each other anymore. Our children are running away or there's abs- just division, silence, broken relationships. Lord, make up there, come down here. Then there's other neighborhoods where people go to sleep at night on the street because they don't have somewhere to live. Lord, make up there, come down here. Or in our country, Lord, where people hate each other so much. Hatred and division and racial strife, Lord. Make up there, come down here. Or, Lord, people who can't find jobs or can hardly pay their bills, and yet there's the economy's going gangbusters, but it's not great for everybody. If I don't have an education, if I don't know some of the right people, I'm not going to do very well in our country right now. Lord, make up there, come down here. And, Lord, when we look at the Middle East and all the heartache, pain, and strife there, the bombings that we just take for normal, or the school shootings, oh God, oh God, make up there, come down here. This is what Jesus said to pray, but he didn't say just to pray for it. But here's the question, do you believe that can happen? Do you really think Jesus was serious when he said, your kingdom come, your will be done? Your will, Father, be done on earth, exactly the same way it is in heaven. Jesus' message is this, in everything, we are to pray and work for one thing. May up there, come down here. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 25, when he talks about the kingdom again, he said, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. You made up there, come down here. And I was sick. And you looked after me. You made up there, come down here. You did exactly what the father's heart was. Or I was a stranger. You didn't know me. You could have ignored me, but you invited me in. You made up there, come down here. Or I was in prison. And, and rather than shun me or for my crime or my mistakes, you, you came and visited me. You made up there, come down here. And every person in, in that st- story, parable Jesus tells about the kingdom of heaven and the the end of how things will end, he said, they said, when Lord? And he said, whatever you did to one of the least of these around you, you did to me. When you treated them like you would treat me with all that love, grace, and goodness, you made up there come down here. So if you want to be part of that, if you want to be an agent of the kingdom, because that's what God's call is that you're a kingdom ambassador, and I am, that we understand that we live under the rule and reign of Jesus, and this is where we're made to flourish, and we're gonna be talking about it for the next 10 weeks, because your whole life, your whole purpose, and all the things you long for about your identity, your value, your meaning, they come from learning what it means to be a kingdom person. And if you want that right now, it starts in your body and mind, where we surrender our will to God. We say, God, I wanna align my little kingdom with your big kingdom. That's how it was meant to be. Not my will, but yours be done. God transformed me by the renewing of my mind and my hands and my feet. You see, his plan is to make up here come down here. And every time you and I give money instead of hoarding, we're making up there come down here. Every time we forgive when we could have been bitter, we're bringing up there down here. When we include when you could have excluded, when you confess an addiction and you bring something into the light that you've kept secret, you're making up there, come down here. When you come along and encourage somebody when you didn't have to do it, you're making up there, come down here. When we uh, confess to somebody that we know we were hurting them, we know we were wrong, and in our pride we didn't wanna talk, but then in humility we said, please forgive me, I know that's not what God wants. You are making up there, come down here. And every time you love instead of hating, you make up there, come down here. And every time you serve God's work, like today, um, right now, just joining God at, at, at your homes and, and, and serving the people around you. Every time you show compassion, every time you care, every time you act, you're making up there, come down here. So that's the plan. What do you say, Life Church, Livonia? God, may it be so in Livonia and in Canton and in Detroit and in the world, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, I wanna end on this. Let's go back to the first verse. Jesus said, the time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's near. How do I enter into that kingdom? Because one of the things Jesus uh, said in John 3 is, we can't even see the kingdom of God unless we're born from above or born again. And there's two words here that I want to invite you to embrace right now. The first one is repent. And repent means I turn from my way, I turn from the world's way, and I turn and I move myself in God's direction. I don't just say it, I don't just feel sorry, but I actually turn and start living with God under his leadership, under his rule. I admit to my sin, I admit to my brokenness, and that I believe the good news. This is the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And we enter it <clears throat> through the good news of Jesus' love for you and I. And we believe that Jesus was the son of God, that he came to establish his kingdom, that he came to die for our sins, that he rose for our vindication. And he became like us so we could become like him. He died the death we should have died. He lived the life we should have lived. In fact, here's one of the most beautiful pictures. Jesus was rich and had everything he could ever want, but he became poor for our sake so that we who are poor could become rich in him. And I wanna encourage you to invite him into your life right now. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I pray that you would make up there, come down here right now. And I'm just confessing, Lord, that I need you, that I have sinned and I am broken. And and I need you, Lord, to uh, your cleansing. So thank you that you came to this earth out of your love for me. You died for me. And Lord Jesus, that you give me new life when I put my trust in you. And so I'm placing my trust in you. Help me to be a person, Lord, the person you made me to be, a person who lives and thrives in your kingdom. So as you forgive me, Lord Jesus, my sin right now, fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to live as an agent of your kingdom, a person who does everything I can to pray that you would make up there come down here and to work toward, Lord, your heaven coming down to this earth and blessing and transforming this world in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed with me, I want to just have, would you just click on that button down there and message us? We want to help you take your next steps in your walk with Jesus. I'm so excited for you. And we don't want to leave you there. We want to connect with you and help you take your next steps. Please uh, share that with us.